Okay, and we are live with this week's podcast episode. Difference Makers, welcome back. I'm so excited to get this one going because we're going to be going into some cool topics today, especially on dealing with tough coaches and teams because I know this is one that brings a lot of people some stress. With me, I've got my co-host, Chris, my brother, and we're excited to get back into it this week. Yeah, and again, talking about dealing with difficult situations, uh, difficult coaches, sometimes you don't have a choice. Sometimes you're locked in for the year, you're locked in for the season, and it's something that's pretty intimidating to quite a few people, right? So it's yeah. going to be important. And just before we get started, guys, you know, we wanted to ask, ask, sorry, for some quick support. If you can, please subscribe to the Team Insider. It's an awesome newsletter that we've got coming out each week where we literally train you on your resilience every single Monday. There's questions, answers. We're even getting into the ring of difference makers, which we'll talk about in a bit later on. Uh, throughout this show and of course please share this podcast with anybody that you feel can benefit from it we've been getting a lot of great responses especially on tiktok and on instagram which we love to see all the time with this and uh, we couldn't be happier with how things are going with this so let's dive into it this week before we get started i wanted to start off with a little story because this was one that started for me this past week and it's funny because we've got our nhl players and nfl players that are now well our nfl players are back our NHL players and NFL players are coming back into their seasons, right? The NBA guys are coming into it as well. we got some collegiate athletes that are coming back into their seasons. And a big one for them when I was talking to one of them was that, you know, this individual had a tough time, had some anxiousness going back to the environment that he had to perform in. And it's funny because he's like, you know, I'm confident in myself. It's not that. I'm confident in my skills. I trust myself. I'm sure of what I need to do. But I'm not sure of the actual environment itself. And this was actually a very interesting one. So we had a session. We went through everything like we're going to go through today. But this is a real thing that hits a lot of performers, right? This is something that's true. It doesn't matter if you're an athlete or a business professional. doesn't matter what setting you're in. There are going to be times, like Chris mentioned at the start of all this, that you don't want to go back to that environment, that you don't want to be there, that you don't want to get into, you know, having to deal with that coach or that situation where you kind of have to stick it out. And the tough part is, you know, when you look at this all, this really causes you to not be that difference maker you want to be, right? It puts you into a state where you're not able to impact others because you're too focused on the things you can't control, where maybe you're not locked into the things that you want to do. And as a result, you start to get extremely frustrated. And when you start to then get extremely frustrated, you get into this argument with yourself where it's like, do I really have what it takes when you do? And it's just not a good spiral that gets out of control, right? So what we want to do today, we get it. We understand. We've been there. We have a lot of athletes that have been there. We have a lot of business professionals that have been there. We want to give you, though, a simple step-by-step process to get yourself out of this. Because a lot of the times people will say, you know, if you have a coach you don't like, just leave the team. Or if you have a boss you don't like, just leave the environment. When the reality is, and anybody who's been at a high-performing level knows this, you might not be able to do that. Right. You might not it might not be as able to, quote unquote, ask for a trade or just pick up and leave your environment. Sometimes you need to stick it out. Yeah. This is a last resort type of thing. Right. right? So again, Sorry, leaving is a last resort type of thing. Leaving is a last resort type of thing. Like it obviously, you know, leave before you get there. Don't don't put yourself in that situation. But sometimes that it just doesn't work out. Right. Especially at the higher levels where your fate isn't really in your hands. Like if, if you're going to be traded, if you're going to, you know, go to another team or maybe there are no spots at the level that you want to be at, like sometimes it's okay, batting down the hatches and for, for the season, let's, let's dig into it. Type yeah. Thing. And let's have a quick discussion about it before we get into these steps as well. Right. I mean, 
the reality is for any difference maker who's tuning in, it doesn't, I feel like we get caught up into this notion of things having to be perfect. And, you know, it's funny because we were doing a lot of research for one of our corporate clients that we have, like an, uh, an organization that we work with. And one of the big things was trying to make sure that we understood the mindset behind millennials coming in and below coming into the organization now. And when we looked into it and really found it, we noticed that, yes, you know, organizations can be better with describing their purpose and having a cause and so on. But where the employees are going wrong, and this is true for sports teams as well and athletes, the athletes or the employees are coming into the organization hoping that the organization is giving them their purpose and them their vision and then their mission, them their mission. And the reason that this is a no-go for us, at least, is that you cannot expect to find happiness in others. You have to first find it within yourself, right? You have to first discover that within yourself. You have to create that within yourself first. So when we were really breaking this down, it's like, okay, we can see both sides of it. But what's really cool about this episode that we're going to be going into in this session is that we're really going to show both sides of things. How do you not only you know, better your environment around you, but more importantly, how do you have those tough conversations with a coach if you really are going to be going into this environment that you don't absolutely love, but you have to be there? Yeah, you have to be willing to to build your reputation in this place that, you know, it might be tough for you. And that might be starting from zero again. You might be on the team from last year. You know, you have the experience of who's there, um, uh, what some of the situations were that went on throughout the year. And it's like, okay, now I got to, I got to attack this. What's yeah. on your side, though, at least you have the experience. It's not like you were thrown into it with nothing, right? So if you want to take that one advantage away from it, is that you actually have the experience from the year prior. For sure. So let's get into our five-step process. So what we're going to encourage you to do right now, if you can, pause the episode, go get a journal or something to write down. Like all the time we do with this stuff, guys, you know, we really want to make sure you're transforming with this. So please write down these questions. You can even answer these questions live and then continue on with the podcast. But this is going to be a training session. Okay, so let's dive into it. Number one. So the first thing you need to do whenever you're going into a situation where maybe maybe you don't like the leader who's leading it, but you know you have to be there or you just don't like the team itself or the organization. But again, you know, you have to be there. The first thing is actually a mindset shift. And we've talked about this a lot. And this is something that sometimes gets some heat, you know, if you interpret it the wrong way. But we always say it. you've got to get selfish to be selfless. So let's start by breaking that down first of what that really means. First part, get selfish. Selfish means you're focused on you, right? In society, we've given it a negative connotation when really we don't look at it and ask ourselves, well, being selfish and working on myself, what does that really allow me to do for others? And that's where the second part of this comes into play. The second part is if you get selfish and you work on yourself, you can then be selfless and work for others, right? You can give back. You can start to help your team. You can help your organization. Where people get carried away with this definition is they think, oh, I got to be selfish and just focus on me. Not really. You've got to get selfish so you can develop yourself. Otherwise, you're going to have nothing to give to other people, right? And the problem with, with this is we see a lot of selflessness a lot of the times, even to a fault. How many times have we seen that before? And you get a lot of the times what we notice is, especially in the team and sports and corporate environment, you got to put the team first. Well, that's really not how the human brain works, right? We do things as human beings because they have emotional meaning to us. And if they have emotional meaning to us, we're going to go out there and we're going to fight for it. So the first thing you have to realize is all of this starts with if you're going into a, a crappy situation with a coach or a team or a leader, you've got to first push that aside 
and get focused on yourself. You've got to get selfish and get committed to bettering yourself this year, no matter what. And I think that comes with a little bit of self-awareness as well. A lot of right? self-awareness. Like you got to take a look at your own, your, your own performance from that last year. And you got to say, okay, you know, like you were saying, am I putting in the work? Not only, like if you're looking to gain the respect, you got to put in the work yourself. Yeah. It's not just it's not just a thing that's given to you just because you're at some level. Like it's every single year, you got to really look at it and say, okay, this is what I did last year, whether it was good or bad or whatever whatever it was. It's you're starting from zero again, every single time, right? So like, I don't know. Like you were saying, leaders sometimes they get a little they get a little upset with individuals, whether that be for effort, maybe they just don't respect like. If, if you're really going off of that and you want to look at yourself, you got to look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, am I actually putting in that effort in order to get that respect, in order to earn that that respect from that leader, that person in authority? Because if you're not doing it, I mean, just bitch and complain all you want until you leave then. <laughs> true. Very true, right? It's like it's just you're sitting in your own stool at that point. So what you have to realize is before we get into the transformational process, the first step in all of this is right away getting the mindset down of I've got to be selfish, selfish, sorry to be selfless. That's it's a number one. And the thing is this, this should ring true, even if your environment is fantastic, right? We always hear the saying so many people talk about, but you got to work harder on yourself than you do your job. Why? Because you can only give back to those around you if you have something to give. I can't stand seeing this all the time where athletes just come into it or even professionals and it's like, well, I don't got to work on anything anymore. I'm tapped now. I'm at this spot. I'm one of the best, yada, yada. When the truth is behind this all, you can only be one of the best if you're committed to working on yourself. That's why the key to all of this is commitment to growth, not commitment to just results, commitment to being better. You need to see yourself as your own business, right? And if you don't have any value to give your quote unquote customers, which in this case, your clients, is your team and the organization you're working for, there's no point of being there. They're not going to buy from you. You're not going to be able to impact them. You're not going to be able to help them. And when you make this mindset shift of, okay, I'm in charge of being the absolute best version of myself so I can give back to others, that's when you really start to get into this spot where you're able to help. And on the opposite side, the one thing I'll say, and I'll let you take the floor on this, but you know, this whole thing is well behind, I'm going to put others first. That's one of the lowest standards you could have for yourself. Because think about this for a second. If you're putting others first before you're getting yourself to a level that you can truly impact others for the benefit of them, right? And you're putting them first before you've worked on yourself, you're only giving them 50% of what could really be 100. And at the end of the day now, you're only giving them, giving them a half-assed effort or quality or product, right? Being yourself, when really you can give them 100%. So if you are somebody that is too selfless and you're, almost to a fault selfless where you're not working on yourself, you need to flip that narrative. And if you are going into a situation where it's like, oh my God, this environment sucks. We're going to challenge you again there and say, put yourself first now. How are you going to get better? And I think that's also something that's very important for um, leaders in, in general. Yes. Like uh, a lot of the times, you know, if, if you're a great player on the team, you come into the season, it's like, okay, I got to put the team on my back now. I got to do everything for, for the guys, for the girls, whatever it is. And, um, you, you kind of lose sight of, of your own, of your own skills and traits. Right. And, sure. and, and you get distracted. And one of the big problems, um, not problems, but challenges that I faced was that exactly 
where I started asking people to do things that I wasn't capable of. And if you can't exemplify what you need from them, if you can't be that example, you shouldn't be asking anything from them. Well, and just to get clear on that too, what Chris is mentioning, he's not saying you need to be the jack of all trades. What Chris is saying is you need to be able to understand that your actions and your effort have to be something that are replicated or, or, or sorry, exemplary to others. Yeah, you, you have to be willing to, or not willing, you have to be able to hold the standard that you're asking other people to, yes. to get to. 100%. Now, coming from that, the second part of this mindset shift before we get into the purpose and vision, you also have to realize that the onus is all on you, right? I can't stand seeing this, especially when we have athletes or players or, or individuals that we work with from the business professional setting. It's almost like, well, it's all on the coach or it's all on my team or it's all on the environment. The reality is if you are going to be selfish to be selfless, and this is a freeing moment when you actually do this, you have to realize that it's all on you. And there's, this is a great thing because that means you're in control. The worst thing that could happen is that you don't have any control, right? You don't have any freedom. You don't have any fortitude to go do what you need to do and your fate is in somebody else's hands. You have to realize that when you are able to work on yourself and you commit to working on yourself and being selfish to be selfless, that is a choice to focus on the controllables. And even if they don't like you after that, I mean, at the end of the day, it... It's, it's whatever. You cross off the stuff that you needed to do in order to get there. So, I mean, you, it's not like you can say that you didn't do everything that you possibly could do in order to, to make the best of a situation, right? 100%. So let's go into this now. This is where we're going to start actually making this mindset shift. This is where you can write some things down. If you haven't already, this is where you can answer some questions. So let's talk about the first part. So how do we get into this mindset then of selfish to be selfless? That's what the rest of this is going to get into, okay? So... Number one, you need to first establish a purpose and then a vision. Let's quickly run through this. We've said this many times before. The reason you need a purpose that's deep and emotional to you, that's selfish to you, is because you do things for emotional reason, right? We do things to change how we feel. We don't do things just to obtain. For example, we've talked about this with values before. If you want to earn a lot of money, why? How is that going to change how you feel? If it doesn't change how you feel, that's where you see a lot of people who accomplish a lot, have a lot, but don't feel anything, right? They, they, don't, they don't feel fulfilled. If you want to be one of the best athletes in the world, you got to ask yourself, why do I want that, right? If you're a business professional, why are you going to work to work a very high-end demanding job? Is it for the personal status? Is it for the fact that you want to provide for your family? And this is what I wanted to say about purpose because I think a lot of people get this wrong. There are multiple purposes that will obviously motivate you and shift you emotionally and push you as to why you want something. I think it's naive to think that you want to be one of the best in the world and you have a family sitting there and you're not caring about your family, right? Like that's, that's the reality of it. You want to provide for others eventually. You want to take care of them. So what the first thing you need to do with all of this right now is, and you can write down and start your transformation here. Why do you really want to go into this sport or this team? Forget or this organization. Forget about the coach. Forget about the environment. Why do you want it? Why do you want to be successful in this industry, market, niche, sport, whatever it is? Why do you want to be successful? What are all the amazing things that you want to experience and feel in life as a result of being the best you possibly can? So you can take a sec right now and answer that. 
you look like you were going to weigh in on something. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you find the purpose and, and the reasoning for it, for what you're doing. Like, find find what best suits you for that season, for that moment. Like, obviously, it's a stepping stone uh, for some people, especially for younger athletes or anyone that's making those first few jumps in their career. But find what it is for you. What would you say? Maybe the next year? What What the purpose is? Yeah. I would say what the big picture. Big it, doesn't picture. Just have, it can be a mixture of the year as well. But this is why we're saying you have so many of them, right? You have so many different purposes. There's big picture focuses. There's shorter term focuses. There's, you know, all of that. But all of it, if it comes back to purpose and it means something to you, this is, this is what really matters, what I'm saying here, when it means something to you. So you got to challenge yourself and ask yourself, is it really shifting my emotion though? If it's not shifting how you feel, it's probably going to be a short-lived purpose. But if it is for this year and you want to feel like you've accomplished something because last year you had a bad year, that's okay. You can have that purpose because you're feeling positive now. You're feeling you know, more accomplished. You're feeling more successful. That's a great purpose to chase, right? But you're chasing feeling something. Don't just chase results. Chase feeling something, right? Now, the second part to this, you've got to have a vision of three things. Number one, who you want to be at the end of this year. Forget about the team, forget about the coach, forget about the leader. Who do you want to be this year? Secondly, you got to ask yourself, what do I want to accomplish this year personally? And then the last part you got to ask yourself is, how do I want to impact others? These three things, who do I want to be? It's going to directly impact and, and work on your vision or your identity of who you want to be this year. So this is where we look at it. This is what we start all of our athletes and business professionals with where we say, who do you want to be? Describe that person at the end of this year. I want to be more disciplined. I want to be, you know, a leader on this team or in this organization. I want to be somebody that is able to consistently deliver results. Those are great. Come up with a list. I would say no more than 10, no less than three. Do the same thing for what you want to accomplish this year. I would even say for what you want to accomplish, I would keep that list even shorter because what you'll realize is if you can find three good things, those three good things will span into a bunch of other ones right? That way it simplifies things and you have a, a specific topic. And the last part of how you want to impact others, this list is where you can open it up again and make it wide. Three to 10 ways. Can you be a better leader? Can you be a support system? I was talking to one of our, one of our NFL players the other day, and I'm sure he'll be smiling if he listens to this, but we literally had a session talking about the importance behind a five-minute conversation he needed to have with one of his teammates. This guy's a leader on his team with one of his teammates in the locker room because this individual was struggling. But that came from the vision of how he could impact others when we went through this exact session. Quickly, the selfish to be selfless, let's go with that, right? So selfishness right there, who do I wanna be? What do I wanna accomplish? And then the how is a selflessness. Okay, so now that I know who I wanna be, now that I know what I want, how's that gonna impact others? How can I impact others? See, you have to, you have, to have this selfish mentality first to grow before you can impact other people. So we got a purpose, we got a vision, you have lists, we got multiple items. Let's move on to the second part now, right? Or the third part, I should say, which is making sure you set some targets. So why do we set targets? Let's dive into this quickly. And then we'll talk about the method we use and you can go set them. So the reason we set targets, ladies and gentlemen, is because of the fact that you use this as a tool of focus. That's all targets are. They get you locked in on the things that matter, right? Concentrated, okay. So we've got the most important thing. So think of it this way. You set a big picture one, right? The vision that's there now, you got that big picture. Now we got to start narrowing it down so you can take a bite-sized chunk out of that. So how do we do that? 
Next, you need to set 90-day targets, purpose, actions. So let's talk about targets, purpose, actions first. So at Molotium, we set targets, and we've said this in the past, with TPAs, we call them. So the target is the outcome that you want at the end of this a given time period. The purpose is why this is actually going to help you move towards your one-year target or your vision. And then the actions are the three to five simple steps you need to take. And we'll break down how in a second in order to accomplish that. So let's talk 90-day targets, okay? So 90-day targets. Let's pretend your target is in 90 days. I want to be a you know top producer on my team in the next 90 days. That's fantastic. That's a great great target to be because you're not putting any numbers on it. This is what I should say about targets. I don't want you to put any numbers on it. And I want it to stretch you a little bit, right? I want it to be just outside of your comfort zone. So it pushes you. And it might be something where you only have about a 70% chance of actually attaining it. But when you have that, you know that it's something that's stretching you instead of just making you comfortable. Okay. So I want to be a top producer in the next 90 days. Great. Why is that important? The purpose part? Well, this is important to me because I know, let's pretend by the end of this year, I want to be a you know person that is able to lead the team offensively. Great. So that directly connects to the one year. Now, for the 90-day actions, this is where things get interesting. Again, this is all about development, right? So you got to ask yourself, in order to get there, what skills must I lean on to accomplish this? So these can be skills that you already have and you need to keep sharp or skills that you need to develop and make sure that you have them so that you can accomplish it. So for example, maybe if I want to be a top producer in the next 90 days, I need to sit there and say to myself, okay, I've got, you know, the first skill I need to lean on is my shot. The second skill I need to lean on is my speed. And the third skill I need to lean on is my aggressiveness when I'm in one-on-one battles. Great. Okay. So those are three skills we can work on. Now, on the other side, if I'm somebody that maybe doesn't have one of those, I could say I need to develop the skill of being better at my one-on-one battles, right? That could be one. But notice how the 90-day TPAs, there's a target that you're going to write down, there's a purpose you're going to write down, and there are actions, which are skills you need to lean on, right? Now, to break that down even further to actually get to work, the last thing you need to set are 30-day TPAs. And 30-day TPAs, what you're going to do, you're going to pick one skill, okay? One of those three actions you listed out that you need to focus in on that you know will bring you the most return right now. And you might say, well, Matt, I need all three of them right now. I just listed them out. False. You know as well as I do that if you work on one thing, the rest usually start to take care of itself, right? They usually start to follow. So what you need to do is you need to ask yourself right now, what is the one out of those three skills? We're narrowing this down, right? What is the one out of those three skills that I need to focus on right now to build or to get sharper so I can accomplish my 90-day target? Right. And what Matt said there is hugely important. Like, stick to it. If you're going to set it for the 30 days, stick to it. Like make sure you get them done and don't like, even if it's challenging at the beginning, don't waver because like at the end of the day, it's, if, if it's a challenging one, it's overcoming that hurdle that you know that you need to, to overcome in the first place. Right. So whether it be a certain skill or maintaining or whatever the case may be, if you know that it's something important that you got to get done first and it's going to give you that, um, what can we say? I guess clarity, mm-hmm. knowing that you have that done, it's in your back pocket now. Just stick to it, work through it, get it done, and then move on to the next thing. That simple, right? And the other thing I was going to say then, once you set your target, you're going to write your purpose out. So why is this important for me to accomplish my 90-day target? And the last part is you're going to write out for your actions your three to five daily or weekly commitments you need to make. So daily or weekly commitments are... You can't just say, I want to get better at one-on-one battles and then not do anything about it. You need to say, okay, 
my commitment is I'm going to do three days a week of physically working on it. I'm going to do three days a week, uh, a week of visualizing it. I'm going to do two days a week of watching film. And I'm going to, I don't know, maybe you have an extra coach you work with. I'm going to do two extra training sessions this week. Again, this is going over the top, but please bear with me. I'm going to do two extra sessions a week or a day this week to work with my coach in order to make sure I'm better at one-on-one battles. You need an action plan though. Daily and weekly commitments. This is the biggest thing I see a lot of athletes or business professionals fail in, right? Because even on the business professional side, maybe you want to crush your upcoming presentation, right? Your, your big presentation you have. And the one skill you're working on right now is projecting your voice or your, your positioning to the audience. Fantastic. What are the three to five skills or commitments, sorry, you need to make in order to get there? You need to know the work you got to get done. This is where it's super important. I see so many athletes write out great targets and have great intentions but they never accomplish them because they don't have the action plan to get there, right? And that's one of the biggest things that probably hurt the, the actual forward progress and momentum of a lot of these athletes or professionals simply because of the fact that you did all the right things, but the last step, which is your how, you didn't come up with it, right? So right now you can replay that section if you want. Again, 90 days. Set those first, 30 days, set them second. All the questions are in there, but it's the same. So for, for example's sake, I'll read them out. Anybody tuning into the podcast. So 90 days, where do I want to be in the next 90 days in order to get to my one-year target? Why will this help me get there? And then actions, what skills do I need to develop or use in order to get there? Remember, three to five, or three to five skills there, right? Or one to three skills, sorry. 30-day targets, then you're going to break down that 90 day and you're going to say, okay, what's the one skill I want to build in the next 30 days. You're going to pick one of those three skills that you listed for the 90 days, explain how you'll use it. So tell yourself how you use it, explain why it's important in order to accomplish that 90 day. And then what daily commitments will you make to get there? Three to five daily actions to take. So like I said, visualize actual physical work, film, watch, whatever it is you need to do in order to get there, write out the action plan. It's that simple. And it takes some time to think about it. I know it's, it seems daunting right now. It takes some time to think about it, but once you have this all put laid out in front of you, it becomes very, very easy to just simply take action on because you don't have to think of what you need to do next. It's you do, you do the preparation now so that you can just go work and enjoy it later on. Because at the end of the day, I know not everybody enjoys training, but that's kind of the fun part, right? Absolutely. And this is, it's funny you say that, Chris, the last thing I'll say on targets, you do normally agonize over your targets. You should. Like this is, this is probably one of the times that you're critically thinking as a high performer, right? And I, I don't say that with disrespect, but the truth is with high performers, we all move so freaking fast, man, right? And when it comes down to it, we move so fast that we sometimes forget about setting these targets. So why do we set these targets? How does this even help? Well, now that you have your vision, your purpose, you're, you're in a selfish mindset, you have things you can go work on, irregardless of who your coach is or what the environment is like. You have things now. Now you can develop. Okay, so we're on the right path. Now, step number four, we can get into the next part, which is to consciously enhance your environment. I think this is one of the most misunderstood things about the human brain, it is not designed to make us happy. Our human brain is designed to make us survive, plain and simple. Happiness is the responsibility of the human being who actually has that brain in their head, right? So what you need to realize is it is on you now to go and actually enhance your environment. So this is a very simple one, a very easy one that we can look at, but I want you to think not only in the environment, but also outside of it. Can you start, we had an, an athlete actually do this, actually one who was going back to a team he didn't love. We had him start a wine night with his team because he's over the age, 
right? That was something that was really big for this individual. He had community. He needed community in order to enjoy his time more, even though he didn't absolutely love the environment. We had another athlete who made it a point to go out to different um, in restaurants and such with his wife where he made it a point to go find the local restaurants that they loved. And that became their thing. And then teammates started to come with them and the environment was enhanced. You can then also look internally in your environment and you can ask yourself, okay, how can I have more fun when I'm here? How can I prepare more? Because what we don't realize, ladies and gentlemen, is that we often focus on on the things we consciously decide to focus on. I know that sounds stupid, but think about this for a second. If you decide to focus on how bad this environment is, you're going to start to see that. If you start to focus on how you can enhance this environment, make it better, make it more fun, make it more exciting, you're going to find that. You just need to start asking yourselves the right questions. And I think, I really do think that people need to remind themselves that the people in your environment, the people that you are around, even like your best friends, your parents, they are not required to facilitate your happiness. Yes. Like that's that's a you thing. You are not required you know, no one is required to to make you happy. You have to really kind of go after that yourself. And I think that's a whole, that's an underlying thing of this selfish to be selfless. Like no one gives a shit if you're happy, honestly. Yep. Coaches need you to perform. Your bosses need you to perform. Your teachers need you to perform. If you're happy doing it, congratulations, that's awesome. But Unless you have a super, you have a fantastic coach that understands this side of say, everything. Unless, like, yeah, unless you have someone going above and beyond. Unless you have that, you're, no one gives a shit. Like, this, this is on you. Now, a message to the coaches who are tuning in, or leaders, because Chris, it's a great point. You should be thinking about this. Because see how the athlete and the individual is thinking? I know a lot of the time you guys might not understand or, or not get that, sorry, that feedback throughout the year. Because you're, you're in an authority role. But you have to realize, like, these are the conversations that are being had with us on the outside, right? This is how they're thinking. They're coming there not just to look at, you know, getting better, but they're coming there to enjoy themselves. And we say this all the time about high performance. We just did a training on it this week, right? The key to high performance is actually being excited and feeling good to go, to go and perform itself. Part of that means knowing that you're prepared and knowing that you have all the right things behind you to get the job done. So coaches, if you are tuning in, and I hope you are, leaders please understand that it is part of your above and beyond to be that if you want to get the most out of your people to create an environment that facilitates enjoyment. It doesn't have to be sunshine, rainbows, smileys, and all that fake crap, right? It does have to be enjoyable though. We know that enjoyment drives a lot of success. There are so many studies on it. Just go Google it, right? So that's a part. So you got to ask yourself, how can I make my experience more enjoyable here? How can I make my experience more fun here? Go answer those questions if you haven't. Now, Last thing I'll say, so notice this whole process up to this point has been getting selfish so you can give more. So let me explain quickly. We started with a vision and a purpose. If you have a selfish vision and a selfish, selfish purpose, you're gonna work your ass off. Now you're gonna be able to give more to your people around you. You're gonna be able to do your job well, awesome. Okay, second part, you're setting targets now that you're focused on yourself and you're focused on bettering yourself. And again, you can go give to others. Great, so you're getting selfish again, regardless of your environment or the people in it. The fourth part, you are now, or third part, sorry, you're consciously trying to better your environment so that your environment now is going to be able to serve you, right? Again, getting selfish, but you need to get selfish so you can be at your best. If you're miserable and you're going to performances, you're not going to be at your best. Now that you've done everything, remember we said at the start, you got to put the onus on yourself. If you go through those steps, you're putting all of the onus on yourself now. 
Once you're at this point, the final step, you can go have that conversation with the coach, right? You've got to take care of yourself first and then you can go have the combo. I see way too many individuals first go right into the office without optimizing themselves because that, that's what you're doing without optimizing themselves, without a game plan. And what do they do? They just attack right away, right? That's what they do. They start, they start attacking and coach, I need this to be better. And they make demands and this and that and da, 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 without truly working on themselves. The reality is this. If you don't go through those first steps that we just laid out, don't go have the combo with the coach yet. Yeah, that's like going in to get a raise, asking for a raise when you haven't changed or done anything different to, to get that raise. 100%. Right? And now you're kind of going in there and we wonder why then, why coaches end up getting upset with their players and so on. I'll tell you from us being firsthand in, in team environments with a lot of top organizations and even corporations, you have to realize that you have to come in there first working on yourself and knowing what you want, right? That's an important part. I, now, yeah, again, go ahead. why do you deserve that respect? 100%. Why, why do you exactly? deserve it? Great point. It comes right back to it. Why do you deserve that? So how do you have that combo with your leader? I would say it like this, and this is what we do with our athletes and our players. So the, the, you can have multiple combos, right? The first combo, though, that you do have when you walk into that office should be about, hey, coach or hey, leader, I just want to let you know I am here to work on myself so hard that I am able to better the team. That's the combo you want to surround it on. Now, are you going to say exactly that? No, you're going to dress it up in the way that you speak because you're not Matt or Chris, but you need to dress up that combo with that mentality. I'm here, coach. You're stating your intentions, right? I'm here to work so hard on myself and I want you to know I'm going to do everything in my power to get better. And in turn, I can't wait to help the team. I just want you to know. Because you got to remember that the coach is there to facilitate the team, not just the individual. Yes. And that's, I think, one of the biggest mistakes and misinterpretations is that players often get, oh, well, I, I have to start lower in the lineup. Yeah, because you are here for this organization. You signed up for this. They don't owe you anything. But at the same time, you have to realize you owe it to yourself to work on yourself. So if you're going to come into this organization, you got to first realize you're there for yourself. Now, when you go have that initial combo, you might be saying, well, Matt, that it, it does nothing. Actually, it does. Again, selfishly, it does everything for you. You can say you left no stone unturned. You had that intro meeting. You stated your intentions. And as a result of that, coach knows where your priorities are at. I can't tell everybody tuning in how many times when we're working with organizations or with sports teams, how many times the leader comes to us unknowing of what the actual intentions are of their people. And what do they start to do then? They assume. I know we shouldn't assume, but that's the reality of the environment that you're in. If you don't tell somebody how you feel or what you're intending to do, how do you expect them to know that? Yeah, you're you're leaving that room for assumption. Like that's that's what you're doing. You're yeah. you're opening that gate to something that's dangerous because then all of a sudden you could be just happy, even if you are like happy with with the situation with the coach with everything, and you don't come out and say that. Maybe you're acting a different way. Your acting actions are showing something different. You never communicate. They think you're something else compared to what you actually are. A hundred percent. And you, regardless if you like the coach or not, or like the environment or not, you should be having this combo with your leader at the start of every quarter and at the start of every year. I don't care if you like it or not. The truth is, if you're trying to be somebody who's a difference maker, you've got to state those intentions, right? Now, the question becomes, well, when do I ask for more when I know I deservingly get more? Well, we just answered in the second part there. You should only be going to ask once you have proven something for at least two months. That is our rule with our athletes, not 30 days, 
60 days. If you prove something for 60 days, if you are even a corporate individual and you prove something for 60 days, you're allowed to go ask them. Why do we say that? Well, anybody can stick to something for a week. Anybody can stick to something for a month. Very few people can stick to things for about eight weeks and very few people can stick to things after that. If you can go prove that you're able to stick to something for two months, 60 days, and you go have that proof and those hardcore results that you can show, hey coach, listen, hey leader, listen, hey boss, listen, I've done this, this, this over the last 60 days. I've given everything I need to to the team. I'm working on these skills. And then you start pulling in from your TPAs, right? These are the skills I'm working on in the next 30 days. This is where I want to be in the next 90. I'm here to better the team. How will the coach or leader deny you? And and that's something that that destroys all, you know, if you are have ever been called a streaky goal scorer before. Yep. That destroys that. You're, you're just someone that's responsible on the field doing their job for the entire season or 100%. for those 60 days. And you've almost got to see yourself as a lawyer building a case. Right? Like that's the reality. You can't go into an office after stating your intentions and not following through. You can't go into an office and ask. You can't. You have to just you you gotta justify with your actions that the this stuff, right? And like I'm telling you right now, let's be real for a sec. Coaches and leaders and bosses, whatever you want to call them, they are all there for themselves. They get they are in a position where they get paid to win. Right? There's nothing wrong with that. And you also like we're not saying that you have to you have to have an answer for every objection. No. We're not saying that, but you need to just make a strong case for yourself that for what you're pushing for, make a strong case for that. Yeah. That's it. And if they see that you're helping the team win and you've done it consistently for two months, 60 days, they're not gonna argue with you. They're gonna give you more leeway. The problem that we see though is people ask too early. Yeah, way too early. Right? They have one good month. That's fantastic. They have oh my gosh they have one good week and we see people starting to oh, i should be given this i see this at the pro sports level i see this at the at the youth sports level i see this at the corporate level everywhere i was gonna say we see we see athletes getting getting massive contracts off of one good year yep which is think about that that's the reality <laughs> right like in the world and and that's the reality is, guys, you need to make sure if you're going to go have this combo with the coach, the first combo has to be to state your intentions. You're going to put your head down. You're going to work extremely friggin' hard for the next 60 days. You're going to prove what you said you were going to do. Then you can go ask. That's the formula here. So let's recap this all here, okay? Because there was a lot taken in. Number one, in order to make sure you're somebody that's able to deal with these you know, tough environments or coaches or people you don't want to go into and speak with or, or go into that year, sorry. Number one thing you need to do, shift your mindset, get selfish to be selfless. And if you're somebody who's too self, uh, selfless, you got to get more selfish. Why? When you are selfish, you are able to work on yourself and better yourself. So you have more to give to others. That is the key. Okay. Number two, once you shift your mindset, you need to answer those questions that we told you before. You can rewind this and go listen to it where it's building a vision and a purpose, right? Vision is going to be like your North Star, where you want to go, how you can impact people. That's going to keep you on track for what you're doing for the year. And your purpose is going to give you the juice, motivation, and energy. Remember, it's an emotional purpose that changes how you feel. Once you do that, you're going to break it down into targets. 90-day targets, 30-day targets. Go listen to those questions. Those are, again, tools for focus. The one thing I should say before I wrap that up, reset those targets every 30, 90 days. Easy, right? At 30 days, just pick a new action to focus on. If you didn't accomplish what you wanted in those 30 days and build that skill, 
that's what it is or sharpen that skill, do it again. Don't just blow by it. Okay. Then you're going to selfishly understand how you can enhance your, your environment to enjoy it more and have more fun. And the last part to this, once you've done all of that, go speak with the individual that you don't enjoy speaking to. Make sure you go state your intentions at the start, work your ass off for 60 days. Then you can go have your ask if your actions match what you said you were going to do. Right. Do you have anything to add before we wrap this up? Uh, no, again, guys, it, the biggest thing, take away when in doubt, ask yourself, do, do, have I earned this respect with all the actions that I've done? Yes. It's, I mean, it's a simple question to ask. Uh, it's a simple question to ask. It's something that's not asked quite enough. And people think that they deserve things when they really don't yeah. ask yourself, look yourself in the mirror, drop the ego and say, have I, have I deserved this? Yeah. You know, have I really delivered? So Three things we're going to ask you to do now that we've delivered our value, like we promised. Number one, go sign up for the Mala Team Insider. Again, free weekly training on your resilience with stuff like this, bite-sized chunks. You also get, I believe, the first three months free to our Ring of Difference Makers, which we're going to be starting as a sub-service, subscription service, later on throughout the year. So make sure you take advantage of that, where we're having free live trainings with Chris and myself as a group. Then the next part, you're going to want to make sure you do go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you watch this whole thing, please click the share notification bell, all that kind of great stuff. The thumbs up. It helps us with getting more support for this channel and getting it out there to more people. And the last and final note in all of this, make sure you're being a difference maker. Make sure you're being somebody who's staying resilient. And of course, keep pushing yourself to the next level.